This is episode seven of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. Today, my guest is Sean Mullen. Sean is the president and chief energy officer of ProTech Central. We get into the chief energy officer right off the bat, but Sean was a great guest. He's been an integral part of NFPA 770. NFPA 7070 is the new water mist hybrid uh, technology that is coming about the new standards uh, being introduced uh, later this year. So pretty topical with NFPA coming up uh, next week in San Antonio. Speaking of that, NFPA in San Antonio this year, InspectPoint will be there with a booth. Uh, I'll also be recording a live podcast as well from NFPA. So feel free to stop by our booth and um, yeah, please enjoy the podcast with Sean Mullen. Want to welcome in uh, Sean Mullins? Uh, what is what is your actual title at at, um, at PCI? My actual title is President and Chief Energy Officer, and um, the only reason that I chose Chief Energy Officer was because um, I felt that. Um, unless I designated myself as the engine, uh, president and chief, you know, executive officer was, I don't know, boring. It didn't, <laughs> it, it didn't say anything. And I can tell you that when I hand out my business cards, uh, people look at that and they say, well, what does that mean? Right. So it, it's an instant opportunity to start a conversation. So there's a, there's a little bit of, uh, of, uh, other, other marketing intent along with that as well, but um, I like it, and it reminds me what I need to do every day to lead the company forward. No, that's great. I, I figured it had something to do with that, and uh, you know, again, it, it gets a conversation stirred. You know, when you first meet yeah. somebody, so it really does. Yeah, so kind of we're kicking that off right away. So uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Sean, for being on the podcast. This is uh, it's a new avenue for us, you know, from Inspect Point, but also. Just, I want to get more knowledge out there from fire protection. Um, usually, you know, you have to go to a trade show or be a part of a specific webinar to really learn about, you know, different types of fire protection out there and, and different aspects, how to run, run your businesses better. So um, you reached out to me pretty early on, for probably a couple months ago, a month ago, um, you know, very interested in, in uh, coming on the podcast. I did, a, I did a little research behind you uh, with the FSSA, all my all my buddies over there. So they they sure. gave they gave a big thumbs up to you. So let's. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank no, it's it's good. Um, so uh, yeah, today I wanted to, I, I kind of wanted to gear this around, um, and this is coming from you a little bit. The uh, you know the clean agent, or not clean agent, I guess I guess special hazards. Uh, more involved, I guess, uh, or more specifically, the hybrid mist applications and uh, right. really the new NFPA uh, code that came out, NFPA, what is it, 770, I believe, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the technology is um, really an interesting one in that it essentially fuses um, two different media water mist at less than 100 micron droplet size and uh, an inert agent. And it fuses these two uh, existing extinguishing media into a single hybrid 
media, which essentially suppresses and extinguishes the fire from uh, two different elements of the old fire triangle. Of course, with the, with the water mist, because of the increased surface area created uh, by all those little water droplets, we're clearly uh, addressing the heat side of the fire triangle. Right. Yep. And then with the inert agent, we are also addressing the oxygen uh, level or the oxygen availability um, uh, to the fire. And so we're really knocking, knocking that fire down, suppressing and, ex- and extinguishing from two different sides of that. It is a technology that's been around for several years. Um, there are uh, domestically, there are uh, two uh, manufacturers. Uh, Ansel makes the Aquasonic yep. product, yep. and Victolic uh, makes their Vortex. Uh, hybrid fire extinguishing system. So these two manufacturers have been promoting um, this technology and as they approached the NFPA um, they said hey we don't think this really falls into the water mist NFPA 750 uh, guidelines because we are actively using inert agent as a mechanism of suppression. Right. And they said, we also, we don't think we fit into the NFPA 2001 uh, area of clean agent suppression systems because we're using water mist, uh, you know, again, as an active element of the suppression. And so uh, the first time uh, they went up to NFPA, um, the, the, um, powers that be there said, well, that's not, there, there doesn't seem to be enough interest. We think that NFPA 750 is sufficient. And uh, much like the uh, dejected crew going before the Wizard of Oz, they said, you know, come back later, bring us the, the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West to these manufacturers. So they, they regrouped, um, got involved in a trade association, and I'll make a shameless plug for the Fire Suppression Systems Association. Yeah, yeah. And um, began to get involved, uh, built up more of a rapport and an understanding of where this technology can be used. And here, uh, several years ago, uh, 2015 or so, they came back to NFPA and again solicited um, a, a request to create a separate standard. And they had more support from the industry, end users, um, distributors, uh, installers like our company, Protech Central. And uh, that time around, the uh, NFPA uh, powers that be said, yes, we, we think that now this has traction, we think this has viability. And so uh, the Standards Council of NFPA uh, created the NFPA 770 standard on hybrid fire extinguishing systems. And um, I submitted my name as a representative of the Fire Suppression Systems Association to sit on that new new standards committee. Right. And uh, am part of a group of about 15, 16 individuals from all different stakeholder elements, from professional engineers to subject matter experts to the manufacturers to uh, end users, um, authorities having jurisdiction, uh, military, uh, and installer uh, installer distributors. So 
it is a, a well-represented crop. Unlike other NFPA committees, and to me, uh, having never sat on a, a national standard standard making council or a committee or a, or a code committee, uh, it was a new experience. I had been involved with state regulations and state uh, licensing issues and things of that nature, but never on a national basis where you have uh, sure. a much wider, much more divergent um, set of views uh, on on the technology, yeah. on the industry and the applications. So, um, yeah, so we started in, uh, working on the, the standard way back in uh, 2016. So uh, let me uh, let me stop you real quick. Uh, back to yeah. that, and I, I kind of wanted to highlight that. You know, Hybrid Mist is, is great. I was involved with it um, when I was in my Tyco days with Aquasonic and Aquamist. Two different, right. you know, one's hybrid, one's not. But, right. um, you know, just from the NFPA side, it sounds like they, you know, NFPA does a great job in, in bringing a lot of different viewpoints into these different standards and, and, and code committees, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what, I guess, what is, what has been your experience and, you know, are there, are there any pros and cons to, to, to bringing those together? I know NFPA does take a while to, to push anything through. I remember, I remember talking about 770 almost 10 years ago now, um, yeah. or at least the hybrid mist, not 770 right. specifically. So, right. um, yeah. what's your, what was your experience with that? Just that whole process and maybe explain well, to that, to the, to listenership. Sure. And, and I think, I think that's a good, it's a good thing to focus on. Um, it's much, it's much like uh, laws and sausages. It's not a, um, it's not the fastest means to promulgating consensus standards and codes. And I think, you know, quite honestly, that I think that's a good thing. Um, it, you know, much like you, um, I'm sure that you're much like uh, everybody else in the industry, kind of a belt and suspenders kind of guy. I mean, if you're in the fire business, uh, you got to make sure it's right and it's going to work when it needs to. So speeding through any type of standard development, code development, probably is not a, is probably not a good thing. And the way that NFPA has set up the stakeholders within the, the committee structure and the deliberative nature that occurs, um, you've got to work through and find consensus. And so when you have these different voices at the table, you're not going to be all yes men. And right. Uh, not every idea is going to be met with uniformity. And when you have uh, subject matter experts, you have professional engineers, you have end users, um, there are any number of viewpoints on any particular subject. And I would tell you that in our particular case of NFPA 770, um, we just had a heck of a time just getting our our minds around defining what this hybrid media uh, really is um, because it, it, it exists in two different elements and then it comes together. Um, and so we struggled a long time to refine, work on, uh, you know, put up trial balloons of definitions of what hybrid media uh, really is. And so, 
Um, once we finally got work through that where everybody was comfortable, uh, the rest of it started to fall in line pretty quickly. Um, but when you have engineers who have a great depth of experience with, uh, tr you know, traditional uh, fire sprinkler systems, clean agent systems, right. uh, those types of things, you know, they, they have, they, they want specificity yeah. as, as everybody else. But you grapple with the technology to understand how can we best define this and at the same time not play favorites. Uh, NFPA is, is very sensitive to giving any type of commercial nod, intentionally or otherwise, to any one particular manufacturer's type of, of solution. So right. you have to kind of dance around that a little bit at the same time as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, you know, NFPA's, you know, number, they have to be pretty vanilla when it comes to that, which is, which That's is good. Exactly. That's what they need. That's what they need to do. So, That's right, yeah. um, I guess back to the hybrid mist, you know, I, w I was involved in a lot of water mist in that technology, you know, 10 years ago before, right when Vortex really came out. Um, what are the, what are the best applications from a con from your perspective, a contractor's perspective? Cause sure. you know, you have all the different tools out there to put out a fire, to put out a, you know, uh, to put a suppression system, a sprinkler system, alarm system in place. What are the best applications for that, that hybrid water mist and how it's being pushed sure. at NFPA? Sure. Um, well, the technology has been uh, deployed in, in uh, applications where you would have normally thought, well, that's a good clean agent type application. That might be a good water mist application. That might be a good CO2 application. And so um, it, it has had uh, different applications, but as a practical matter, we see a lot of um, industrial applications where, for example, um, CO2 may have been more widely used and prescribed in the past, but because of the nature of CO2 and the exposure uh, elements that come into play when you have personnel in, in, in there, um, these types of hybrid systems have a legitimate and uh, well-documented uh, well and success in those applications where low-pressure CO2 or high-pressure CO2 may have been used. Uh, so you're looking at turbine enclosures, uh, you know, flammable liquid storage areas, um, you know, power gen, uh, those types of things. Yeah. And, and also in, in industry as well, um, any type of, of area that uh, could have had clean agent uh, might be a candidate as well, because when you're looking at these hybrid agents, uh, the inert element of them, uh, at least in the vortex uh, equation, uses nitrogen. Right. And so the requirements for sealing of the hazard are not as rigorous as they would be if you were using a traditional uh, you know, hydrocarbon type clean agent. And right. so we have had applications in, in our experience uh, of using the hybrid systems when the cost of a uh, clean agent system gets gets a little pricey because not of the system itself, but because of the modifications that have to be made to the hazard uh, construction-wise, in order to seal it up, yeah, so vent, that, or even that, venting from the from the inert side, where you have to vent, you know, pressure 
venting. You're exactly right. And so, again, um, having the availability, having the tool of the hybrid systems uh, gives owners, end users, AHJs, engineers um, another option to consider. Right. And the other uh, attractive element um, is that when you're using water and nitrogen, uh, your your cost of recharge is a fairly low impact. It's right. not going to be sticker shock as you might have with an unexpected discharge of the clean agent system. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, you know, we brought up Bermuda before. Um, when we originally, when we started off the podcast and, uh, when I was down there, uh, you know, Victolic gave a presentation on Vortex, but, you know, because of the, first of all, the recharge, um, cost and just availability of a, a clean agent or whatever, uh, it, everything's pushing towards Vortex. But on top of that, they have a big water issue because it's an island without a lot of, um, you know, natural springs or natural water. So, uh, you know, that, that mist style, whether it's regular mist or hybrid mist is, is a lot more powerful down there because they don't have the water supply. So, um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting that you should mention that because we have had applications here in the Midwest where water pressure is not sufficient, uh, for protection of a particular area. And um, so rather than, you know, bringing in, you know, six, eight inch water mains and having to put in a fire pump, uh, we, we've been able to go in and provide the hybrid system with its own, you know, uh, water supply, its own nitrogen supply. And uh, boom, we've got uh, reliable, accurate fire protection, which I'm happy to say has actually put out a couple of fires. Uh, really? In some in, yeah, in some engine test cells uh, wow. where the water pressure in the in the city was too low to meet the demands for sprinkler. Um, and uh, we, we were able to move forward with a hybrid system and uh, put it in. And I bet it was in, in place for maybe uh, three or four months. And one of the zones popped off and put out a fire in an engine test cell. So... Um, the, the systems do work uh, when installed, designed, maintained uh, correctly. And, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the end user is very happy. The fire department's very happy. Um, and, you know, they're back up in business and uh, running with it. So um, it does have its place. It's not for every possible application. Sure. And, and, you know, um, but again, it's a tool and it's another mechanism that's available uh, to, to fight uh, fires when they do occur so that they minimize uh, you know, uh, loss of life and, and loss of property damage. So right. uh, that, that's why I'm kind of interested in it because it is yet another option available um, in, in the toolbox. Yeah, no, it's it, it's great that there's there's something else and, you know, technology's pushing forward. It is, uh, you know, I, I always thought, I, I always questioned back in the day when, when uh, you know, water mist is big, and even the hybrid was was coming around. It's a great technology. Why was it never adopted? And you know, I think the the, the code of NFPA seven seventy coming out uh, will help that along. Obviously, when when do you think that will? Uh, when is that going to be published? Or is it is it already published? I know maybe it's not finalized yet. It is not published, but uh, at the NFPA conference that is uh, coming up. 
I, I believe it's next week in San Antonio. I, yep. I am not able to attend. Yep, we'll be there. Uh, um, but I believe that the uh, the second uh, the second draft is up, and it goes to a floor vote for approval. And if it gets past there, uh, it goes to the standard council and and final document document review. And the timeline that we looked at earlier this year. Uh, assuming there's no uh, no hue and cry on the floor at NFPA, uh, should be uh, released in early 2020. And then we'll be into that uh, cycle, that three-year cycle of rotation. But uh, so far, uh, we have addressed all of the public comments that have come in mm-hmm. um, and, and been submitted. Um, and I believe the, uh, the last public comment selection public comment period uh, closed in early May, um, and I know it's on the agenda coming forward, uh, you know, uh, at, at next week's meeting. So that's kind of the time frame, and um, I know that I am I am eager to have it out, um, and then we've got a living, breathing document, and it's not, you know, it just doesn't exist in a tentative stage, but sure. in an approved stage. And uh, and then you know obviously the next the next element is getting it out there in the public, uh, having the uses for it, uh, have people interact with it, and then that's really when uh, when it comes into play to understand where are the areas we're going to need to address you know in the next revision or are right. we going to have to you know in, you know issue you know temporary uh, amendments interim amendments uh, for things that we may not have clearly understood the impact of and those types of things but. Um, I think once we get the boat in the water and it's floating, then we'll understand better how to how to improve that standard going forward. No, no, it's interesting, and you know, from from start to finish, uh, and I would, I might get somebody from NFPA, J- James, either from uh, NFPA or somebody else that understands the process really well. Uh, James Galenvo, uh, the CEO or uh, president of Viking Viking Corp. Uh, you know, when I was when I was back at Viking, gave a great presentation on kind of the start to finish of of an NFPA cycle and just a development of a code and you know how the revisions come into place, how public opinion, and even how to submit. A lot of people don't know how to submit for public opinion sometimes. That's right. Which I think I think needs to get out there more. And maybe that's a it actually spurs on a, an idea for myself to maybe have a podcast about just that whole process to, to get people to comment, you know, the more people commenting, obviously, yes, NFPA has to go through all that, but the more people commenting, the better off for the standard at the end of the day. You are, you're exactly right. And, and that's a very good, um, that, that's a very good comment from the standpoint that, um, the, the process relative to, um, making public comment Quite honestly, I think it's pretty easy once you understand where to go. Right. <laughs> on, you know, on the uh, um, uh, on the NFPA's website and sure. navigate. You know, navigate to that point. But honestly, the the documentation is is all prompted there. Um, it is logged. Um, it is acknowledged that the receipt of the question, the receipt of the input is logged and acknowledged. And um, as as per the requirements of NFPA, 
inputs, uh, public comments, um, they have to be addressed by the committee. And so anyone who takes the time to uh, submit a, a comment or an input, um, you know, they're going to get, they're, they're, it's either going to be accepted as written or if it's going to be uh, rejected, it has to have a reason. Why did you reject it? Or right. if, there, if there's a modification, again, it has to be documented. So I, I like that part of it, and I think pe- people who would, who would be interested in that type of thing uh, might find that process, um, you know, very uh, fair, transparent, and open. Yeah. Um, I would say as far as our committee, um, we have a, um, a staff liaison who is a professional uh, engineer. His, his name is Barry Chase. I don't know if you know Barry or not. No, I don't know Barry, no. But uh, just a really, really sharp individual, um, very, very fair, and also very encouraging. Um, Barry also is, the, I believe, the staff, staff liaison for 2001. And uh, so his knowledge of that standard and knowing what we were trying to, um, knowing, to knowing what try to, to, to accomplish was, was very helpful um, in those types of things. And so his, his patient uh, guidance um, and, and knowledge of the standards and knowledge of the process uh, really kind of furthered, um, furthered the entire uh, effort along very, very well. No, no, it's great. Uh, yeah, I've, I've dealt with uh, NFPA 25. I've been to a few of those meetings, and um, uh, Matt Klaus was big on that for a little bit. I think he's off of NFPA 25, but that's that's a uh, that's an interesting standard as well. It's, it's it's interesting how a standard develops over time and how uh, how complicated it can get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, very interesting. So. So one other thing I might mention for the listeners, they may not know this, but um, there is no prohibition for guests to attend an NFPA committee meeting. Um, We have had uh, several guests um, attend our meeting, and in many respects, any time that they have wanted to maybe offer a comment. They may have wanted to offer an observation, at least in, in, in our committee, the, uh, who was ever chairing the committee at the time, um, was very open to welcoming their observations and their comments. Obviously, they can't vote, but uh, their input was welcome. And uh, in, in a couple of instances, it was very helpful. And so, um, you know, th- these are not... Uh, by invitation only, uh, you don't have to be a member of NFPA to actually attend uh, uh, an NFPA committee meeting. You can be, you know, John Q. Public if you want. So that's an important thing to be aware of as well. No, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I was I was a guest at uh, NFPA 25 a couple times. And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. You really learn the process. It, you know, you got you to gotta dig through the, the different standards of when they're meeting. But it's usually a, a nice location as well. Sure, <laughs> I think yeah. it was Arizona in the wintertime, so it's always <laughs> nice to get out. Well, you know, all of all of the expenses are borne by the committee members. Uh, NFPA does not pay us; they right. do not reimburse any of our expenses. So, all of all of this is volunteer time, um, and uh, the committee members pay their own expenses. And so, this really is a commitment to the industry. Uh, for the betterment of the industry, that these individuals 
um, you know, take freely of their time and their expertise and their expense to contribute to this. And so um, they're not only voting with their knowledge, they're voting with their dollars uh, to assure that these these uh, standards are created in a fair, open, transparent, and collaborative way. No, no, that's great. I'm, I'm glad uh, glad we're actually talking about that because it's uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners don't fully understand that. And again, I'll probably do another, maybe get somebody from NFPA to, to really give a, a deep dive and how to, how to proceed with those public comments and everything. So, sure, sure. um, so we're, uh, we're, that's kind of the gist of what I kind of want to get across the new NFPA 770, um, uh, code. Um, is there anything, is there anything from your perspective from Protect Central that you want to pass the message along? I want to give you a little bit of time to, you know, I know you're probably heavy day to day with your 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 business. Um, give you some time to plug it or anything else you're doing. Well, uh, thank you for that opportunity. Um, my uh, 30 second elevator speech uh, about our company. Um, we are a 53 year young. Uh, life safety special systems integrator, wow. primarily, primarily operating in the states of Iowa and Nebraska, but we have done work nationally uh, as requested by various customers. Um, we are a UL-listed fire alarm installation contractor, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, as you know, simply means that we have third-party validation um, of our installation practices and techniques and documentation for fire alarm systems that we do. Um, and we also uh, encourage um, NYSET certification of our designers um, and our installers and inspectors. And right. um, my background, Drew, um, is, is not from a technical perspective, Um when I was growing up, I thought I was going to be a professional musician and uh, went off and uh, managed professional orchestras for a couple of years. Wow. And then my father, who started this company, uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I'll put it that way. <laughs> That's great. Invited me to join him in business. And uh, so for the past 35 years, uh, I have been doing that. Uh, it's And um, I thought, you know, this NYSET certification process um, we need we need to make sure that our people know yes. that that's important. And yep. so I said, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm just I'm I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to do what I need to do. And so I'm a nice at level four uh, in uh, fire alarms, and I'm a nice at level three in special hazards. And wow. so I, I tell my team, hey, look at if a dumb percussionist, you know, in recovery for the past <laughs> thirty years can can tackle it and make it happen, you can too. Right. So um, I, I'm a big one. In a lot of our team has, has taken the cue from that, and they pursued their nice certifications as well. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I wish I wish more companies were like that. You know, we're, you know, my day to day business, we're heavily involved in inspection, testing, and maintenance, and you know, getting technicians uh, up to speed with different codes and just just what to look for. It right. really covers that in, in a lot of the NYSEC, uh, uh, you know, certifications out there. So Yeah. And I might make a shameless plug for NYSEC as well. 
um, that might be an interesting podcast for you. Um, and if you'd like, I can get you to contact people there at NYSET. But um, when we were going through uh, the state licensing requirements here in the state of Iowa, um, NYSET was very supportive and very helpful uh, with delineating their methodology sure. of testing and how they come about that and right. uh, some of the you know processes that they have to ensure integrity of that testing process, which sure. I think is really, really important. No, no, I, I would love to, yeah, I would love to pass that info along. I'd love to have them on because I, I do have some, uh, I have a few comments for them as well because I feel they do a great job with certification. Yep. But you almost need to, you almost need a certification to learn how to get a certification. <laughs> and it is, well, you know, I'd love to have them on here. We can talk about it. But I, it, you know, and it, I'm not the only one saying that. A lot of people say that. So love, hey, maybe we could clear the air on that uh, with NYSA. I think that would, that would be helpful. Um, well, I'll be sure and forward uh, my contacts information on to yeah, you, yeah. and uh, and uh, I, I'm sure he'd be more than happy, you know, to to, to speak with you and your listeners yeah. um, on, on how they do how they go about that. And who knows, he might be open to some uh, friendly amendments and suggestions right? from you know, yeah. <laughs> from my listeners. Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, that'd be good. Um, well, thanks again. I'll, I'll uh, I'm, I'm going to do a little quick response round here. I don't know if you've heard. I'm sure you've heard of a few of my podcasts, but yes. do a little uh, kind of lightning round, quick response round here. A couple questions uh, for you to kind of have people get to know you, Sean. So, uh, um, yeah, pretty pretty simple. Uh, what out there? I know you're big in alarm suppression. What what is your favorite type of detection? Method. Air sampling. Air sampling. Wow. All right. Right off the bat, air sampling. Like a, a VESDA system or is it specific to something else? No, I, I, I push air sampling every chance I get. Um, I think it's a wonderful technology. And, uh, of course, I'm, I'm partial to one particular manufacturer because we've had a lot of success with that. In fact, we installed the very, very first uh, system of that manufacturer um, in the state of Iowa, um, back in 1985. Wow. And, uh, we, we have, uh, been, uh, proponents of that technology ever since. No, that's good. I mean, if you've, if you've been doing it since 1985, obviously you've seen over time, uh, any issues or any obviously advantages to that. So that's, that's great. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I don't see too much of it out there. I, you know, I wish it was, you know, you see it in the, uh, certain applications where it's um, where it's potentially needed in data centers or freezers or anything, but oh, it's it's much it's much broader than that. Uh, we we've used it in in a lot of different applications, including um, you know historical structures, mm -hmm. uh, you know where you can easily hide the tubing. Um, you know we we've used it in uh, corrections facilities. Um, wow. we've used it in manufacturing areas uh it, it's it, it's very versatile um and uh so anytime we we have a chance we lead with that because of the value proposition that it affords the end user yeah great 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 uh second question here um other than being a part of 770 what other committee 
would you want to be a part of at NFPA? Uh, if I could, I'd like to be a member of NFPA 3 or, NFP, or NFPA 4, which are the systems commissioning standards yeah, yep. that have come out. Um, I, I really think that those are powerful, and I think that the um, necessity of those is, is really, really critical. Um, and I, I, if I had my druthers, um, I, I would like to sit on one of those committees because obviously our company gets caught up a lot of times in you know the testing and commissioning of the systems, um, and we have concerns that not not as good of a um, thorough testing is accomplished because you have construction deadlines, you've got owners that want their buildings, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, sometimes if these systems don't, don't get tested correctly, uh, it, it, it's, it's problematic downstream. So oh, yeah. right at, you know, getting it right at the front end is really critical. No, no, that's, that's good. I don't, I don't know NFPA 3 or 4 that much, but I'll, uh, I'll definitely I'll do some digging after this. I'll send you another contact who would be a good a, a good for your podcast. He sits on NFPA three and he's very uh, very knowledgeable. And boy, he can he can nuggetize that down into bite sized pieces, which, which makes it easy to understand. Good, good. Um, so little little sidebar here. I know. So I, I guess I learned today that you were a, you were an orchestra. Uh, you said you were an orchestra manager before. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, I know you have your, your own podcast out there, which I've listened to a couple of them. What, what made you choose your, I mean, your, what made you choose your intro music? What, what was that? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, um, I, I give credit to one of my favorite, uh, favorite bands, Kansas. Ah. Uh, it, it's just a snippet off of questions of my childhood, which was on their left overture album. Uh, in 1976, which had the big hit "Carry On, My Wayward Son." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've been a wheathead since the band first, since their first album in 1974, and uh, and so if I, I if I gave them credit and I played less than 10 seconds, I thought they'd be okay with it, and I haven't heard anybody uh, scream too no, loud. No, no, no. That's good. Yeah, it, it's interesting how uh, you know even with this podcast of you know what what. Uh, you know what the mu- intro musics are, and how that Chris Logan from the the Fire Sprinkler podcast is—he's got a nice rock little intro. Mine's a little smooth jazz, so it's always <laughs> a little interesting yeah. how uh, how people come up with that. So uh, yeah, it's fun. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, your your Rotary Club uh, podcast—that's a that's a great idea to get information, obviously, out to the masses. And uh, very very impressed with what you're doing there. Uh, well, thank you. I. Um, I, I, again, um, it's just one of those things I'd always been interested in list. I, I, I've enjoyed listening to podcasts and I just thought, man, I, I, could, I think I could do something like that, but I, I just didn't know what would be appropriate. And so when I came into this leadership position in my Rotary Club, I thought, hey, instead of writing the mandatory weekly, you know, newsletter from the president, I thought, ah, forget that. I'm going to do a, you know, 15, 20 minute uh, podcast each week. So I've learned a lot, uh, you know, about the technology that's out there to produce these and just the process of putting it together. So thank, thank you for your kind words. No, no, it's good. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I implore more people to, to obviously listen. I talk to a lot of people about it, and uh, um, I'm actually helping my wife tomorrow uh, get her podcast launched. She does a, uh, she does a big cause marketing 
uh, summit every year, brings nonprofits and for-profits together kind of on one vision. But uh, wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. So your a lot of your rotary stuff, I actually knew one of your speakers um, for that rotary club uh, for wow. your big summit. And um, yeah, so I told her to check it out and just check other podcasts out to get theirs launched. So, well, great, fantastic. So, but um, yeah, that's that's all I really got um, for the quick response round. And again, thanks for thanks for stopping on the podcast. I, I would love to have you on again. Thanks for tuning in to episode seven of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by Inspect Point. I want to thank my guest again, Sean Mullen, for for joining me on on today's chat. Uh, Again, I do apologize to the listenership out there. We did have a few uh, technical glitches through Skype, so uh, I had to cut it off a little bit early, but we were ending the podcast anyway. So appreciate all the uh, subscription and all the great comments about the Fire Protection Podcast. Please reach out to us uh, via our InspectPoint platform, www.inspectpoint.com, or you can actually email directly at uh, drew at inspectpoint.com. Hope to hear from you soon.